You're listening to the David Bumble Networking Podcast. Very good day interviewing a lot of Cisco engineers. We discuss all things networking, CCNA, CCNP, CCIE, Python, automation, the books, the exams, the future, your career. Another long day at Cisco Live. We talk to the authors, the experts, the leaders, and people like you and me. David Bumble coming to you from Oxford in the United Kingdom. Now, here's your host, David Bumble. Hey everyone, it's David Bumble. I'm here in Austin, Texas at the SolarWinds offices and I'm really excited to introduce you to Jeremy, who's the original creator of GNS3. Jeremy, welcome to the show. My pleasure. Let's start with, you know, who you are, where you're from, how did you start GNS3? Just give us a bit of a history about yourself and the GNS3 product. Okay, so I come from France. Yep. And uh, I was studying at university in France uh, for a master's degree. Um, and so that's how I started to work on GNS3. Because uh, GNS3 uh, was uh, my end of studies project uh, for my final year at yep. university. And at the same time, I was uh, studying for Cisco CCNA and CCNP. Uh, my university has that great deal that if I could pass CCNA and CCNP, they will reimburse me for the for the fees. Great. So, you were telling me you were you were trying to solve a problem with the GNS3 software, and like you were on a really cool island or something. Is that right? Oh uh, yes, that's uh, where I started to to have the idea uh, I could create GNS3 because um, uh, uh, so when I was studying for CCNA and CCNP. Uh, of course, I had uh, access to real uh, Cisco hardware, like yeah. router and switches, uh, but I could not access them like 24-7. Yeah. So I came up with this idea that why uh, not I could have something on my laptop, I can work like, on it um, uh, like any time of the day, um, and so I can study any, any time. Like, yeah. Uh, but I need something that is really close to what you can get with uh, real hardware, like in the real world. And at that time you said there was, I think you were telling me the other day you had, there was some other software, NS3 or something? Yes, that, there was an NS3. But it, but it wasn't good, yeah? No, it was not good. It was um, too academic, like it was more for research uh, purposes, uh, like to, to analyze like something, like like to create like models, so scientific models. Okay. Yeah. So it was like a simulator, but not very good. Yeah. No, not really real world, uh, what you can get with uh, Cisco or any other network vendor. So you were, I think you, you're telling me the, the name GNS3 was kind of based on that, is that right? Yes. What does what GNS3 actually stand for? What does it mean? So it means uh, Graphical Network Simulator 3, and the software we, we intended to, to work, to integrate, to leverage, uh, was NS3. So that's that's why we we named the software GNS3. So NS3 was this like academic software that wasn't that academic uh, network simulator. And then you created the graphical network simulator, which was like the graphical version of yeah. that, which was more real world for mm-hmm. network engineers. Yeah, also. to make it uh, to make things easier to to work with uh, NS3. And you got the just to to recap, you got the idea for this some. On, on the island near Africa or somewhere. Oh uh, yes, like? there's a small island between Madagascar and Africa. It's a call, uh, It's named Mayotte. Oh wow! Uh, it's a French uh, territory. That's really cool. So you 
thought of networking while you were on this island? Yeah, and because you, idea. you kind of relaxed and the ideas come to you and, oh, okay, I'm going to do this, leverage this. That's a really cool story. So at university, you were, you were creating the software and then you decided to open source it, is that right? Uh, yes, from the, from the beginning, because uh, at my university, we were really exposed to open source. We were working on Linux all day long yeah. and we, we leveraged so many uh, open source uh, projects. So we just decided from the beginning, uh, it's going to be an open source project. Also, Dynamics is open source, uh, okay. GPL license. So we decided, okay, we, we start to integrate those tools. We, we have to be open source as well. So well, that, that's why we decided. I must say, from, from me personally, thanks to you. And, you know, I think there's millions of us that can say, you know, thank you very much for making it open source. Because that's, you know, rather than paying a fortune to try and build networks, we can like, build them for free now. So thanks for making that decision. Yeah, no, no problem. And yeah, we really believe in open source. Yeah. And we think uh, long term, we don't try to create something, sell it, and like create value. Uh, we, we want to create value first. Yeah. And then down the road, we, we get the reward. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, I mean, GNS3 is still open source, and anyone who. So, just so everyone's aware, there's no cost to download GNS3 today, is there? No, 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 there's no, no cost. Anyone can download. So, software is for free, it's still all open source. So, anyone who wants to look at the source code can have a look, they can contribute. Yeah, anyone can contribute to the code. Uh, all the all the code is uh, on GitHub, so it's uh, publicly accessible. I think that's great. I mean, especially today. So you were actually ahead of the time because, like today, there's this big drive to open source. But you already open sourced quite a long time ago. So I never asked you. So how long ago were you at university, and how long ago was it when you started the GNS3 software? So the, I was at university from 2003 to 2008. Yeah. And the GNS3 software, the first ideas that started in 2006, and the first version of GNS3 was out in uh, mid 20, uh, 2007. 2007. So what's that? Ten years, eleven years ago. Oh eh? uh, yeah, more than ten years ago now. What's that? Eleven years ago. Eleven years ago. Eleven years ago. Yeah. Jesus. So um, here we have Mark. Mark Blackwell. Hey guys. Mark's also part of the GNS3 team. So Mark, tell us how you got involved. Uh, so right after Stephen and Jeremy raised the crowdfunding, um, which was I think a pretty pivotal point in the company. Yeah. From a couple standpoints, one was the fact that you know Jeremy had built the software for free forever. We had a pretty aggressive roadmap with where we wanted to take the software, but obviously needed to hire a team and build a community to support you know our growing amount of users. So I joined right after they had raised the crowdfunding campaign, which at the time was the largest ever open source crowdfunding oh, that had wow. been done in history. Um, so at that point, I think it was like the aha moment that the three of us had of like. Okay, you know, this is a cool, fun project. Jeremy had done a fantastic job bringing it up to that point, and that was like, where can we take the software? How can we continue to support the community? And think through kind of the long-term sustainability about GNS3. Could we make this into a company? Yeah. How would we do that? So it provided us with a little bit of flexibility to pay ourselves, one, so that I quit my job, and the two of them could kind of start, stop eating ramen noodles in the basement of their house and start thinking seriously around where I want to take the community and the software. And so I joined back in 2014. So, so Mark, I believe uh, you, you, made, you raised quite a bit of money off the, the crowdfunding campaign. So did you have like a fancy holiday or what did you do with the money? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish, yeah. Um, 
I think that we took the time and obviously we made some obligations to our crowd funders to invest in training. Yeah. Um, primarily because users had used GNS3 as a pathway to get certified. So we had promised that we would develop what now has morphed into GNS3 Academy. Yeah. So the idea of leveraging the software to help users train for their certifications and bringing in instructors like yourself that could help them do that. So that was one category of where we kind of used the funds was to build up the infrastructure to have a center where users could train, yeah. have video training on the software. And then the other side was, you know, if Jeremy loved the, and I'm sure there are users online that love the old PHPB forum, um, which did, it, did its use. We had some fantastic moderators who are still with us and power users and the forum did its job, but I think that what we wanted to do was bring together the actual community of network professionals that existed around GNS3. And so we spent basically from March till I think we eventually launched in September, what was at the time the GNS3 jungle. And that was an opportunity for us to create focus groups on certifications and just provide a little bit more better infrastructure to support our users getting up to speed in the software. So that's yeah. kind of where we spent the money and at the time we hired a couple additional resources to help beef up our efforts on documentation at the time you know Jeremy had written a bunch of the work himself on documentation so while he was doing coding building the software building the roadmap we kind of just took some of the resources off Jeremy and then eventually ended up hiring a second full-time developer to kind of accelerate the roadmap of what we were working on and I mean it's ob the obvious thing is I mean you guys still had to live you had to eat yeah so, I mean you had to I mean you're struggling to survive at that time you had to use some of the money just to survive and grow the business and make it a proper business rather yeah. than like just a, a side project. Yeah, and I think like the challenge that most open source projects have, it's a passion project for most. Yeah. But for us, it was how do we think through the long-term sustainability of making sure that we can continue to deliver value, different releases. Yeah, we researching uh, many, like how can we monetize, like make money. Right. Like, uh, are we going to yeah. do like the Red Hat uh, model? Are we going to do it like this? How can we monetize an open source project? Yeah, I mean, eventually, so what's happened today is, I mean, you guys grew the business and then the way it actually morphed into, you know, long-term survivability was Solar Winds have got involved and kind of like sponsored the project. Is that right? That's right. Do you want to give us a detail I mean, it's kind that? of like analogous to what happened with Wireshark and yeah. Case Technologies, which then ultimately got absorbed by Riverbed. Yeah. For us, SolarWinds was a really perfect fit. We had done some integrations with their tools. They had the same kind of mentality that we had on investing on free tools and giving them to network professionals, and they became a customer of ours, um, and we had started to work with them. And then it just seemed like a natural fit. Obviously, we had figured out how to make money. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily like a sustainable path into the future, and so SolarWinds kind of came in with an opportunity to sponsor the project, and yeah. for us, that meant I mean, full-time jobs. We can work on GNS3 100% of the time. We have an amazing team here to support us on the community side and engineering side. Um, and we now know that the project will continue to live on because we have the resources of a major corporation to help kind of support. And they, they kind of leave us alone, which is fantastic. They, they believe in the vision that we've created with the software. They're here to support us. And they kind of have left us on our own to kind of continue to morph where we were going. They now just provide us funding to do that. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's always a problem with open source stuff. The stuff does well, but then it kind of dies a death, doesn't it? So. Yeah, so it's like how can you sustain on the long term? Because, uh, yeah, like many times with open source projects, you have people coming in, going away because they have to 
make money and leave uh, yeah, to survive, move, yeah. Yeah, move on. Or hope that people click on that donation yeah. button on yeah. their websites, yeah, right? Which doesn't and always work. No. no. Maybe no. you get 100 bucks a month, maybe you get 500, but that doesn't really help hire people no. and continue to build it out. So, so like SolarWinds are giving you like, uh, it's the foundation and the financing and the support basically so you can have full-time developers and concentrate on this full-time without worrying about how you pay the mortgage. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So guys, what's what, what what's the future? Where, where's GNS3, where do you foresee GNS3 going in the future? So we, we would like to like have GNS3 more in the cloud, like easier to use with the cloud providers like uh, EC2 or packet.net. So we want to make the deploying GNS3 in the cloud easier. Yeah. Uh, so for that, we started to, to open a web UI. Um, so we, we hope the web UI will replace the desktop interface someday. So you're going to replace the GUI, is that right? Yes. And then, so, the, so, so at the moment, just correct me if I'm wrong, but GNS3 has like a GUI interface and then it has the VM. Yes. So the long-term plan is eventually the, the, the GUI will go away and then you'll have a web interface. That's a, that's, that's a long-term plan. We, we will have the two coexisting at the same, same time for, for maybe a year or two. And then, yeah, we want to focus on the, on the web UI. And your web UI is going to be the only one uh, you can use. So that's great. So, I mean, long-term, all I would do is get a VM perhaps and then open up a browser and well, be able to use Genius 3. Exactly, that yes. That's really cool. And I mean, is the web UI available today, or is it coming anytime soon? Or? Uh, we we plan to. It's ship. a surprise. <laughs> it's a surprise. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we, we plan to to ship it uh, in uh, our version two point two, uh, but it's going to be read only at first because we we still need a lot of work on it. So you're just going to have the the read only view of uh, of your topologies in the web UI, and then we we're going to add more features to, to that interface and um, like early next year we, we plan to have a full uh, version like you can actually perform actions on the, on the topologies. That's great. So Mark, you're involved in like the community and the academy and the website and stuff. Kind of, do you have any sort of roadmap of plans with, with the website, ideas of things that are going to happen? Yeah, so I think one thing that people probably don't know is so we've had three iterations of the community since it existed from PHPB in 2008. Then we moved to a Jive infrastructure that's run on similar communities like Thwack. And then we took it upon ourselves to actually think from the ground up of building a community from the very beginning. And so there's been lots of challenges of, as we built it up, but for us, we wanted to own the experience. We know what the community wants and doesn't want. And so since 2015, we started from the very beginning of launching our brand new, our own community built from scratch. Um, and so it's been an evolution and we've been investing in different areas based on user feedback. I'd say the one thing, you know, that Jeremy and his team have been working on is the import and exportability of labs. And yeah. many users have probably accessed Renee's content on GNS3 Vault, have had labs from there. So we really wanted one to make sure the software was ready for users to do that. So we launched, as many of you know, kind of the GNS3 marketplace, which has become kind of a central repository for free tools on the networking side, appliances that can now easily be embedded, yeah. and now kind of a full exchange on, on labs. And so that'd be one thing I'd probably encourage users to kind of get more involved in. There's a rating system that we launched in the marketplace to kind of filter the good from the bad apples and labs. But that's the one feature request we've had since I joined in 2014 was more labs, more labs, more labs. And you've done this so well in your training. Thanks. It's like interactive 
people are looking for interactive training and content versus theoretical based stuff. And they want to use it in GNS3, play with it in GNS3, share it in GNS3. So that's, that's one thing we've invested into. Um, I would say the next thing is we are doing a full revamp on groups. Okay. Trying to target conversations to allow easier for users to find information, to ask questions and get responses in a ready fashion. You know, we've got 1.2 million users now. Um, when we look at the numbers, about 13% of them are active every month. So you can imagine we're managing 150,000 users that are asking questions on a constant basis. So, you know, serious kudos to our moderators that have been with us since day one, but trying to, you know, filter content out to make it easier for users to kind of find readily available documentation. And you're helping with that too. We launched the support center, have really beefed up our efforts on documentation. And if you haven't watched a GNS3 Talks video from David Bomble, you pretty much have the entire gamut of content, but we never had that before. Yeah. You know, it was always like querying online. You could probably find better results Googling questions but now we've invested the time and resources to make sure we have all those resources available for students. And then if not, I mean, go and take the GNS3 fundamentals course. I'm not pitching it for you, but I mean, it's like that type of stuff never existed before. Yeah, a lot of work's been done in the last few years. There's no excuse for you not to know how to install, configure GNS3 in any operating environment now. We have so much content that exists. Um, so our job is to hopefully do a better job mitigating those frequently asked questions. Yeah. Um, and those users that come on that may not be familiar with GNS3 at all. So I'd say between groups and marketplace on the GNS3 Academy side, um, again, thanks to you, we've totally diversified the content. When we launched, it was very Cisco CCNA focused. Yeah. Now you see on both ends of the spectrum from Ansible and Linux to Python to CCMP and Wireshark and SDN, that will continue to grow. So we're up to 100 courses and wow. 54,000 students on GNS3 Academy. So we're going to continue to invest time and money to make sure that that grows. I think that's an important thing that people forget. I mean, GNS3 is free software. There's no cost involved. And people forget that it's like three guys that are yeah. doing, doing yeah, I mean, really, only two yeah, developers. Team, yes. Only two developers. Yes, and um, some contributors. Contribu and, co yes. and people contributing. Yeah. And I think it's important for me to make that point that if people have problems with GNS3, they should ask on the forums, is that right? Right. And it's also important that guys also contribute, so guys must help one another, because with two, two developers no, and a million users... We don't have the time to... There's no time. ...resources to, to go through every questions people ask, how users ask. So, I mean, I, I, let, me, let me say this, guys. It's really important for you to contribute. It's really important for you to try and help others, because, again, there's no ways that two developers are going to be able to keep on updating the software, keep making it better, and then try and support a community of a million users. Um, you, you've got to you've got to get involved and you've got to help. I mean, yeah, just we, like we I need, did. Uh, we need feedback. We need feedback. We, we yeah. need to understand how you use the software, like what you like, what you don't like, uh, where the most annoying bugs are, because uh, we, we cannot go through every, every uh, post on the community and read everything, it's impossible. I mean, that's another thing because GNS3 is like, it's not like normal software where you just install it in like one situation. People do all kinds of weird stuff with it. Yes, yeah, some, some, sometimes we're surprised because a user will come with, oh, I want to do this, uh, etc. And, oh, but we never thought we could yeah. use the GNS3 as, like this. I think that's also really important. I mean, GNS3 has morphed from like originally just Dynamips and Cisco, mm -hmm. but now it supports 
Juniper, it supports Arista. Yeah, so many, so uh, many vendors, yeah. network vendors uh, have Viatrade appliances now, so we, we can run all those vendors in Genesis 3. And we support uh, more emulators like QMU, VMware, Virtualbox, Docker. Uh, so, so the possibilities are a lot gr uh, greater. Yeah. Which is great because, I mean, guys can try all kinds of weird things, mm -hmm. but it's also difficult for you to so support that. It's difficult that. for us because we, we don't test everything. We, you can't, we don't, no. no, we don't. We cannot possibly uh, anticipate everything. So guys, I hope that's been good. I hope you enjoyed this uh, little chat with the Genesis 3 team. Let me know if you have any questions you want me to ask, any feedback, any ideas of how I can make this video series better. Thanks very much. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Be sure to visit David's YouTube channel at David Bumble, where you can subscribe and watch all of his videos. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Catch you next time on the David Bumble Networking Podcast. All the best. Take care.